Welcome to the Main Street Author Podcast, the place to discover how traditional business owners are leveraging the power of being a published author to grow their business. Get ready to discover practical and proven ways to enhance your reputation, build trust, and establish authority by authoring your own short, helpful book. On every episode, you'll hear from guest Main Street authors who have successfully authored, published, and leveraged their own book and want you to do the same. Now, here's your host of the Main Street Author Podcast, Mike Capuzzi. Welcome, everybody, to another insightful episode of the Main Street Author Podcast, the place to inspire business owners to author, publish, and leverage their own short, helpful books, or shooks as I call them. Today, I'm pleased to be able to have a conversation with entrepreneur and author, Michelle Pippin. Now, Michelle is the undisputed authority on creating clients for your small business. She is the proud founder of WomenWhoWow.com, the most exclusive association of women business owners in the world. Now boasting members in all 50 states and eight countries, Women Who Wow has provided a place for seriously driven women entrepreneurs to create wild success on their own terms. Michelle recently published her latest book, Entrepreneurial Espresso. I love that title. Um, Michelle, welcome to the Main Street Author Podcast. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here. Yeah, and I'm 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 pleased. I know we uh, we know each other, but I don't know if we've actually met. But uh, I've seen you know your posts and all the great stuff that you've done over the years. Um, so thank you for, uh, for agreeing to do this. And I I know we're going to have a lot of good stuff to talk about because what you're doing to help your clients and your members is very relevant. So. Before we get started, Michelle, can you just kind of give our listeners uh, some insight to your businesses or, you know, whatever one you want to talk about, but just give them some insight who you serve and how you serve them. Yeah. So currently, you know, I'm the founder of Women Who Wow. And uh, this is the place where serious women entrepreneurs go for all things like business and success. So it's like part business school, part sisterhood, part success greenhouse. And um, I started it because it, it wasn't actually my first business, right? My first business, I actually called myself a virtual secretary because the term virtual assistant hadn't been created. And um, so I didn't start out here, but in business, I realized that there weren't a lot of places for the seriously driven woman entrepreneur. I didn't find a lot of places that I could gather with women like myself. And so I created that and I'm just loving it. We're kind of the place for these women to go and to grow. Very good. Now, is there, just out of curiosity for my own uh, information, is there a sort of specific industries that you serve, Michelle, within that group, or does it kind of cover the spectrum? Yeah, it really covers the spectrum. Um, we're basically women who want more, right? So if you just want like a, a successful local business, you're probably not going to land in women who wow. Um, but if you want more, if you want kind of that wild success where you get to choose your own hours and terms and prices, and um, you know we have attorneys and veterinarians and law um, and coaches and consultants and speakers and you know all the different industries represented here. But what unites us really is our drive. Very cool. I love that. I love that sort of, that's, that's a unique identifier. It's about the drive, not necessarily what they do. So very good. So besides doing that, you are a multi-book author. Um, how many books have you written over the years, Michelle? I've written three and almost completed my fourth. Very good. All right. So that's interesting. And, and, and what, just out of curiosity, how many years, like your first book was how many years ago? Oh my goodness. So the first book I actually never published per se. I just wrote it and printed it and used it to create multi six figures of income when I was a total no one. And, um, and 
you know, so that one was back in probably 2008 is the first time I thought up the idea to just print this book and start using it to sell my, you know, three and four day intensives for coaches. And so that was back then. My first book hit um, the bestseller list on Amazon um, in 2015. Um, and the Entrepreneurial Espresso book will hit December 27th. And then the uh, Without Compromise, the Women Who Wow Manifesto will go live, I believe, in February on my birthday, actually, February 6th. Very good. Well, that's that's a nice little birthday gift to yourself. So very good. <laughs> so this is this is very cool. Um, I want to kind of go back to 2008, if you don't mind. And that, yes. that first book, I think there's so much that listeners can glean from that experience because what you said, you, you shared a little nugget of wisdom that you, you know, you wrote this book really without the intention of quote selling it. So tell me a bit more about that. You know, why did you back in 2008 decide to invest the time, energy and money to write that first book? What was, what was, you know, some of your big reasons why? I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, I started my core, my first business um, 22 years ago when I first became a mother. I'm married to a public school teacher and I, we had $213 in savings back then, right? Like that's in savings. That's what we had put away. <laughs> it was my life savings. And I took $50 of that to start my business. And I just had no room for error, right? Like no room for financial error. And um, by the time I started my first coaching practice, I realized that nearly everything that was taught to coaches about growing their business and making money was dead wrong. It was just dead wrong. And so around 2007, 2008, I started traveling a little bit. My kids were a little bit older at that point. They're um, 18, 20, and 22 now. So it's been a while, but um, I started traveling a little at that point, And I started seeing these people take the main stage and just utter like utter BS was coming from their mouth about how to make money as a coach. And I, I kind of got pissed about it a little bit. And so I decided to write what I called the no longer broke coach book. Cause I had been broke. I was, I've been uh, broke. I uh, wasn't husband funded, you know, no, no, you know, account somewhere nobody knew about. I had to make a living and I had broken through six figures relatively quickly as a coach. So I wrote the field guide to profit for these coaches who needed and wanted to make money and deserve to make money like me. And that was really the motivation. I was a little bit irritated. Um, and back then there weren't as many, um, easy self-publishing um, routes, right? Um, but I could print, uh, I could print the book. And what I realized, I started sending it to like ICF chapters, frankly, to the program directors and presidents. And I just sent it to them with a little uh, note and some sticky notes also to, you know, drive their attention to different things that I would teach. And uh, before I knew it, and uh, they were having me on their stage to speak. Sometimes they would buy books to uh, give to, you know, be part of their membership drive. So if somebody bought or renewed their membership, they'd get a copy of my book. And it just kind of grew from there. It, it's definitely the most profitable book, the one I never sold. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. The most profitable book is one you didn't sell. Now, but why a book, Michelle? Like, you know, all the things you could have done back in 2008, uh, social media was sort of coming coming on its own and all that. But why did you decide a book? Was there something or someone that really kind of motivate you to say, hey, a book is the way to go? Yeah. So you and I are both, um, you know, part of the Dan Kennedy's tribe. And I always heard him talk about that, right? Like the business card you never throw away kind of thing. And um, and it just stuck in my head. I also, um, I didn't like to, I still don't love to travel a lot. I was not going to be the person on a ton of stages. And, um, you know, it, it just seemed like, and I'm a writer, frankly, I love to write. I write 2,500 words a day at least and publish them. So 
and um, via blogs or articles or whatever. So it was a natural next step for me. And uh, in that moment, I just kind of trusted Dan that if I did it, it would pay off. And, um, and for me, I'm sort of like that kid who grew up in the depression, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, I will take anything and monetize it. So I just knew that if I wrote it, then I could somehow make money off of it. And I was using Dan as my guide. And, um, and that's, that's why I kind of took the plunge. Very good. And you've already alluded to one of the benefits that you kind of saw immediately, again, with that first book, uh, which is getting on stages. Was there any other benefit maybe you didn't expect or that you were expecting that actually happened for you after you took Dan's advice and, and, and wrote that first book? Um, yeah, you know, I think that um, for me, it was such a tangible example of kind of making your own media and making your own buzz, right? So I, I kind of would laugh at myself as I would write up, <laughs> you know, like little press releases and stuff about the book and send it to these coaching chapters and women's associations and stuff like that. So I think that um, the biggest you know, immediate benefit for me is, um, is a, a total empowerment, right? Like I didn't have to wait to be on someone's stage or wait for some publisher to pick me up. And that was a big one for me because I tried sort of the traditional route. Like I started having my own women who wow events because frankly, nobody else would have me on their stage. And I'm like, well, you know, you know, I, up yours, I'm going to have my own event <laughs> and I'm going to be the main stage. And, um, and I, I decided to self-publish, um, or print publish, I guess, um, because, you know, I, I had tried to pitch different publishers and I was always ignored. And so, uh, for me, the biggest aha was like, yep, I get to create my own buzz, my own positioning, you know, my own branding, and I don't have to wait on any, any publisher or audience to kind of crown me worthy. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And I think you're right. I think, you know, the key word is empowerment there. And it, it really does give you so much flexibility. And obviously, you know, listeners can tell you're a motivated person and you can figure out, you know, you're not just going to monetize this one way, you're going to monetize it many ways. So um, great, great advice and great insights. Now, let's fast forward. And you have written three books, you're working on your fourth, but let's let's focus on the third book, uh, Entrepreneurial Espresso. Uh, and I'm an espresso lover, so I, I love uh, I love that title. Um, tell me a little bit more about that book, because again, that's that's very timely when we're re recording this uh, interview. Yeah, absolutely. So it's essentially daily jolts of inspiration, right? And and direction and guidance for this seriously driven uh, woman entrepreneur. And uh, it's sort of my own spin on the miracle morning for women entrepreneurs. And it's it's a it's a reminder of what they're up to and that it's possible. So for me, um, I fell in love with the, uh, with the concept of daily work <laughs> a long time ago, right? And I found that a lot of women entrepreneurs, but entrepreneurs in general, we kind of have this one big day thinking, right? So like we start to make one day plans, like I'm going to, um, I'm going to publish this book. And then one day I'll get on Oprah or I'll get on the view or I'll get, you know, these one day plans. And I realized long ago that my success in all areas, right? Like impact that I want to make, the influence I want to have, and of course the income that I want to create as well. But all of that is based on what I do daily, not what I do one day. And so the concept, I'm not really an espresso. I do love espresso, but I'm more of a caffeine lover, right? And so the idea of the entrepreneurial espresso is I wanted women to have something that they could wake up to a morning routine and, and a morning jolt of inspiration that they could wake up to every single day to kind of increase their own daily muscle, increase their daily habits, get deliberate about that so that 
more women can cross that six and seven figure line. And, um, and, and we don't have to talk about glass ceilings anymore. Right. So that was really my motivation. That's awesome. So talk about a bit about, if you don't mind, sort of your strategy with it. Um, obviously you, you've just articulated, you know, who it's for, which is obviously very important about, you know, first sort of first step and, and what the big idea is behind it. But now how do you intend to, use it in your business? Um, do you have a specific, I mean, obviously you're getting ready to launch it to the world. What, what are your sort of goals with it and what you're, what are you, how, how are you looking to use it? Yeah, so already people can sign up for the pre-release list, right? So they can get um, notification when they can go and grab the book on December 27th. And so obviously that already starts to add to my email list. All of my books have a call to action in it. Um, so there's um, there's a call to action in the Entrepreneurial Espresso book for people to get an additional 30 days of Entrepreneurial Espresso served up hot and fresh every morning. Um, of course, the Entrepreneurial Espresso is a member benefit, right? So Women Who Wow is a membership. And uh, the Entrepreneurial Espresso is actually a daily benefit that our members get. So it naturally leads into the core business, the core thing that I sell. But even the 10 Days to a Bigger Bottom Line, which I published in 2015, it's still driving leads because all of my books, very much following your advice and example, um, have that um, introduction where they can uh, go and learn more about, about us. There's a site called Tribe of Driven Women. And you can go there and get all of our free stuff. So I, I use it not just to um, you know, print the book and send it out to places where I want to be on their stage or page, but also just to be a, an amazing lead generator. And um, and so it, I'm very deliberate about that. I also have another tip that I don't know. I haven't heard anybody else say this on your show, but um, it's it's been a great tip of mine is I always quote people in the book, right? So like um, stages and pages that you want to be on, big name gurus that you want to get their attention. Um, I quote them in my books. And then I send them a printed book, you know, with the, with the sticky note, right. That driving them to the page where they're quoted. And I found that really helpful and allowed me to get on stages and pages. I might not have otherwise. Uh, I'm, I'm chuckling because you're absolutely right. That's even new to me. Um, I love the fact that you are so strategic. I, I was just on a, a call before this one, Michelle with a client and she grew up in a military family and her dad was sir uh, was stationed in Japan and she made a she made a quote this morning about it's the, there's some sort of Japanese saying it's it's all about the noodles right noodles right and I'm like what's that mean and she's like well it's all about the fundamentals it's all about the basics and what I love about what you're sharing there is that you are being very strategic about the foundation and how you're building these books. I think that's really, really smart. And you mentioned Dan Kennedy and that we're both fans. I was um, fortunate enough to be in Dan's highest level mastermind group for a number of years. And he shared in that group, one of the strategies I do teach, which I you know kind of heard from Dan was, not not as granular as yours, but if you get someone, a VIP or someone to write the forward, you do that oftentimes with the intention that that VIP will hopefully share the book with his or her list because he or she is in that book. So it's kind of the same thing that you're leveraging, but I love the fact that you're able to probably get, you know, a half dozen or more testimony or, you know, quotes in the book that you can leverage. Very smart. I love it. <laughs> 
Thank you so much. And, you know, for me, um, because the way I started in business, I started when I was a brand new mother and my kids are stair steps. And then I ended up homeschooling them. Right. So I had to build my business in very deliberate, like 20 minute blocks of time. (laughs) And so, you know, there was no nanny or au pair or anything like that. So, um, you know, it it was me, which was was by design. It's what I wanted. And I, and I don't regret a minute of it. Um, but I had to be very deliberate. And in terms of getting on other people's stages and pages, which is my, I guess, biggest strategy, I had two options, right? I could kind of go in like everybody else saying, I'm so amazing. I wrote this book. You should read it, blah, 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 blah. Or I could go in. That's like the front door approach, right? But I'm from the country. I'm from a very small town. Like they don't even offer business licenses where I'm, where I live. (laughs) So we're like side door friends, back door friends are best, right? So I'm like, I'll go in the side door. I won't ask to be on their podcast or on their stage or whatever. I'll send them a book that I quoted and honored them in, right? And because they're definitely, all people are going to read what you said about them, right? And so when, um, when they read that, they also get a feel for my sort of uh, twisted little view of business. (laughs) And it's different. And so that's how I get a lot of the interviews and and stage invites that I get by going in that side door. Very cool. Well, I'm going to kind of hit you from left field then, because obviously you, uh, you know, you're, you're obviously a very smart lady and how you do some of this stuff. Any other cool little tidbits? I mean, maybe, maybe even if I've talked about it on other episodes, is there any other neat little things you've done as far as leveraging your books, Michelle, either offline or online? Yeah. So um, definitely I always have like what I call my, my hit list, right? My target list of 50 people, like who should be talking about this book? Who should be reading about it? Um, who should be recommending it to others? I always go in writing the book with that in mind, essentially, right? Like I don't just write the book and think, let me see how many copies it sells. I write the book very deliberately with a job description, essentially, right? And so that I think is really critical and huge. Um, I always recommend, as you do, having calls to action that drive people back to my site, right? Where I can harvest their names and email and continue to speak with them and invite them into different offers that I have. Um, I'm very big on looking for associations that target your target market, right? So as an example, with Women Who Wow, I used to, when I, I, and I learned not to, but I used to think, okay, well, I will go and try to target other women's associations. But of course they saw me as a competitor, but then I'm like, okay, well, I'll go to women's attorney associations or, or associations for female accountants or whatever. And that was a much better use of my time. So even if you start hitting roadblocks, um, getting your book information out there or what have you really just keep at it and uh, and keep pivoting to make sure that your book that you pour your heart and soul into actually does its job right like just the same way we wouldn't give up on a a kid right like you know even when they hit rough spots you know we we see it through and you want to be a good steward of the book that you've written and so to me I, I feel like you know calls to action within make sure that you're promoting your own book make sure you're sending it out in print format which I think is so so important and uh, and giving your your book a job description so that you can measure it and of course correct as as necessary so let me kind of just drill down a little bit deeper on something you said and 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 it's I, in my guess I don't know if you agree with this or not but it probably a little bit more for a business to business type business owner versus business to consumer. But this notion of your top 50, you've heard the dream 100. Do you think any B2B type business owner 
could use that strategy, Michelle, the same one that you just did, where you're, you're writing the book initially for the 50 target people or 100, whatever it is, um, and that's a, a good strategy. Do you, do, you, do you see other people being able to leverage that? Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, in my opinion, there's no business that can't leverage it. It's the same strategy I use selling my at-home secretary skills, the same uh, strategy I used when I had an HR company. Um, the same strategy I use now. So there, in my opinion, uh, there's no business that can't use that. I would never try to sell something or launch something without a hit list, without that dream 100 or, or top 50 list. And I just think it um, allows you to uh, market more effectively. I know there's a lot of talk out there about avatars, right? Like avatars or demographics. And But the thing is like avatars don't buy and demographics don't buy, people buy. And so whether you're you know, B2B or C2C, it's still person-to-person selling. So in my opinion, absolutely, everybody could be using it. And frankly, it's too easy uh, not to, you know, it's too easy. You should be using it these days. Right, right. The fact that you've written several books and you've got yet a couple more on the horizon here, you know, where do books rank as far as your marketing toolkit? Where do they rank as an asset? Um, for me, it's been the very top. Um, it's definitely been, uh, you know, the, the most profitable, uh, investment of time that I've ever made. Um, it's been, it's sometimes I giggle about it, right? Like a, that, you know, silly little, no longer broke coach book. It still brings me people today and, uh, and, you know, people hold on to it for a long time. So to me, it's at the top, both in terms of, you know, very, uh, quick profit potential, as well as uh, longevity, which matters so much, right? Like to me, I feel like um, I'm kind of proud to be a grizzled veteran in this industry and longevity definitely matters and books last a long time. So uh, in my opinion, I think it's at the very top. So if someone's listening, Michelle, and they are back where you were in 2007, 2008, they haven't written that first book, they, they want to, they know they probably ought to, they've heard Dan Kennedy, you, me talk about it. Um, what advice would you give that person? Yeah, I know um, you and I haven't talked about this, but um, definitely I would recommend your book, um, the 100 page book, um, as I believe the title. That is um, such a great place for anyone to start. First of all, it makes it very doable for the reader, right? So when you first sit down to write a book, and I'm a writer, I've been a blogger, I've, I've written daily for, for years, and I still kind of felt like overwhelmed about kind of the fanciness or the, you know, whatever of writing a book. And so um, your 100 page book, it really just breaks down the process so that anybody listening who has a certain expertise or even passion in an area can follow it like verbatim and write a really, really solid lead generation book. So that would be the first thing. Like, just get the book. I, I think that I got it on Kindle. Um, I don't know if it's for print, but I got your copy on Kindle. So definitely go and get that. And I think the second thing is um, go ahead and write and publish it. Right. So I feel like there's always this, like, there's a heaviness of some sort to writing a book where you want it to be perfect. It's such a big deal. And you've been thinking about it for so many years. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, done is better than perfect. And so I really recommend um, that they start now because once they publish it, they will wish they had done it earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for that. I, I didn't realize that, but I, I think it's very cool. And, and yes, we have it in print and audio also. So thank you very much for that. And you're right. I mean, I think what the feedback has been amazing. I mean, it's been, uh, I think it was our last week, it was 22 weeks. It's still an Amazon number one bestseller in multiple categories. And that, that was not expected, but it's just kind of snowballed because 
it does offer a simple recipe for doing, you know, writing the kind of books that we're talking about, which are books that, you know, can be sold, but they're not really meant to be sold. They're, they're really meant to be marketing and sales assets. So thank you for that, Michelle. So any speed bumps or anything that you may have done, or maybe some of your clients have done that you've seen that you just want to, you know, when it comes to, you know, writing a book, any mistakes, et cetera, that you just want to warn our listeners about? Yeah, I, I feel like um, they all center around the concept of waiting, right? So um, as you said, you know, your book is, you know, been the number one bestseller in so many different categories. And I don't want it to, that to discourage listeners, right? Sometimes people can listen and think, oh, crap, yeah. I'm late. If I had just done it earlier, but I can assure you, whoever's listening, very few people, even who buy Mike's book, very few of them will actually publish. And so it's still a great time to publish a book. So uh, for me, I feel like a lot of the mistakes are around waiting over um, around overcomplicating it or trying to make it be perfect or too large, right? We try to put four books into one. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I, I feel like that's the biggest hurdle is when we overcomplicate it or make it too heavy or complex, um, we, we don't get published. And so we never see the profit potential or the potential to really impact people's lives the way we, we really want to. Michelle, I, I think I need to transcribe that last little blurb and, and put that on my website. So if you don't mind. <laughs> Absolutely. I'd be so honored. That's awesome because I'm actually, I'll have to put that as a quote in my next one and send you a copy of the book. I'll, I think that's what actually what I'm going to do. But that's I awesome. mean, yeah, I, listen, I'm sitting here kind of just smiling because you're 100% right. Like, we are not talking about writing some Shakespearean, you know, quality book or some, you know, war and peace or whatever, right? That's not what this is about. If you, I always try to encourage folks, if you help people with whatever it is you do in your business, you, there's such an opportunity. And this notion of, oh, you know, uh, I have to be a great writer or, you know, I'm not smart enough or whatever it might be. I just think that's, you know, I, I try to just encourage people that take the focus off of that and put the focus on your targeted reader and how you can help him or her. Because if you don't have a book out there, then you're not able to help him or her in that capacity. And I just, I love what you say. I think you're right. I think most people, unfortunately, over-engineer it. And, you know, once you get that first one done, you'll realize, okay, well, the next one I'm going to do it a little bit differently, what have you. But uh, yeah, just get that first one done. So thank you. Absolutely. Can I share an sure, analogy that absolutely. Me? Yep. Um, because I think it'll help a lot of people. Generally, people who are in business, they want to help people. They want to write a book. They want to help people. And then they start getting um, stuck. And so my coach um, years ago was Steve Chandler, and he's also a multi-book author. But he said, you know, when you're thinking about, is it perfect or is it good enough or whatever? He said, the lens of your life is in the wrong direction. The lens of your life is focusing on you, right? Like yeah. what hubris, what yeah. conceit. But when you're, when you're, the lens of your life is focused outward on your target market, you think more about them and what your book could do in the hands of these people. And so that really helps you kind of get out of your own way, or at least it helped me. Yep. Amen. I, I, I could not agree with you more. And it's just that little shift. Don't, you know, stop worrying about yourself and whether or not all this other stuff can happen with relative to you. Think about how you can help others. And I think that that is a great motivator. So Michelle, as we get ready to wrap up here, is there just one thing you'd like to leave listeners with? 
Um, yeah. So I think that the biggest thing I can leave uh, you with is, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you've listened to Mike, you know, interview amazing authors who have sold tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of books in some cases. And I just want to remind everyone here that they're only human, just like you. And so if it's possible for them, it's absolutely possible for you. So let's get out of your own way. Go ahead and, and uh, put the put the words to paper and publish because you want to prove this profitable and uh, in your own business in life. So just don't wait. Look at them as examples of what's possible for you and get it done. And Michelle, how can our listeners learn more about you? How can they learn more about Entrepreneurial Espresso? Where can they go to get all that information? Yeah. So you can always go to tribeofdrivenwomen.com. And that has all of our free resources, as well as like links to um, our page of books and our uh, daily uh, podcast. It's called the Daily Hustle for Women Entrepreneurs and our, our blog where we offer daily resources. So everything is there at tribeofdrivenwomen.com. And you can find the book at bizespressobook.com. And B-I-Z espressobook.com. Yes, sir. All right. We'll put that in the show notes, too. So, hey, Michelle, this has been awesome. I'm, I'm really uh, excited by what you've created and what you're continuing to do. And I, the wisdom that you share is just phenomenal. So thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. It was, a, it was a true honor. All right, Michelle, you take care. Thank you. You've just listened to another insightful episode of the Main Street Author Podcast. If you've been on the fence about writing your own book, there's no better time than now to become a Main Street author. To learn more, visit MainStreetAuthor.com. That's MainStreetAuthor.com. And while you're there, schedule a complimentary strategy session with Mike to discuss your book ideas. See you next time. And remember, you can do this.